The Dragon Reread is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that armadillos are lactose intolerant? Not for any biological reason, they're just racist against cows. <laughs> I did not know that. I, I should say that we're was... racist against cows. Because <laughs> we're armadillos. armadillos. Shit, that's right. We need to change all of our facts to be the first person. <laughs> For more armadillo-related facts to unlock bonus content and find out how you can access episodes a day early, check us out at patreon.com slash armadillopodcastingclub. The wheel of time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there. Welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Michael Sparkman. And today we're covering chapters 53 through the end of Lord of Chaos, book six of The Wheel of Time. Previously, we all shared a hearty chuckle at Perrin's darkly abusive relationship. <laughs> Rand gets ambushed by Aes Sedai twice. The first time with the Saladar Aes Sedai, he's able to show them up with his dragon skills long enough to get out of Dodge, so that's good. The second time, though, shit gets real. The White Tower Aes Sedai just box him up and kidnap him. And I hate it so much because, for whatever reason, it's just like, maybe it's a phobia of mine, the idea of being locked in a box and no one knowing. I don't know. It scared me. Anyway. I, I think everybody would hate that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you're unique there. No, I think, I think it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, over in Ebudar, India is kicking around in fake mustaches, knife-fighting scrubs, but not actually doing very much Tarangrial locating. I mean, they're trying, but it's not going anywhere. Uh, also, Egwene helps Logan escape, and I hope that doesn't backfire horribly. I don't know, it seems like a problem. Mm. He's probably going to burn all of Saladar down with his magic powers. Yeah, we're going to find out. Uh, yeah. Hopefully. Thanks, Egwene. So, chapter 53, The Feast of Lights. Icon of the Rising Sun. People in Kyrian like to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny, because Perrin's like walking around, and I'm like, this is a map party. Perrin's found himself in a map party. And he's like, totally not into it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just like, this is in my way. I have to go over here now. <laughs> Matt would be just like rolling dice with these people, you know, dancing with some ladies, and Perrin's just like, excuse me, uh, pardon me. Did you put your top back on? I'm trying to get through. <laughs> yeah, would you mind removing your tongue from my mouth? <laughs> Why are you doing that? You're such a joker. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess Kyrian, and they're all buttoned down most of the time, but during this particular feast, they all get naked in the streets, and it's a massive orgy? Uh, maybe, uh, like, doesn't seem like anyone's necessarily directly fucking, but they're probably fucking, but, I mean, they mentioned a lot of kissing, I don't know. Is Kyrian supposed to kind of be like ancient Rome? Uh, I, I thought it was more like Japan, honestly, very... Yeah. Or the stereotype of ancient Japan, right? The very rigid hierarchy, and everybody's buttoned down. Mm -hmm. Likely it's a blend of different things or something like that. Yeah. yeah. One thing that really stood out to me, though, is that there's every single thing that's being described here, every single sexual thing is heterosexual. Oh, it's true. Yeah. I suppose it is, yeah. Yeah, it just says men kissing women, women kissing men, um, but that's it, which I thought was kind of interesting. I guess it's a little dated. Yeah, yeah, probably it wouldn't have occurred to Robert Jordan to have any, like, pansexuals in there. Yeah. So Perrin is frustrated because he has that Taveran sense that Rand needs him. And we, the reader, know that Rand really, really needs him. <laughs> yeah. Yes, now seems like a good time. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting because, like, no one's put this together yet. I mean, this is the... It seems so obvious, right? Like, nobody's seen Rand for a long time. That's a little weird. And, you know... 
he disappeared mysteriously right after those Aes Sedai went into his throne room and then walked out again. Nobody's yeah. put this together. I, well, I think it's in the ballpark for the stuff Rand normally did, right? Yeah, Rand is just randomly going from place to place. He opens gateways all the time. Yeah, remember when he, he teleported to the opposite side of the world and had sex with his tutor? Yeah. In oh, igloo? yeah, that did happen. <laughs> that did happen. <laughs> yeah, that did happen. Man, <laughs> igloo sex is the best sex. Just I mean, you got to stay warm somehow. Yeah, right? Fuck it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I'm not blaming Rand for being kidnapped, but... This is a little bit on him. He could have been safer. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree with that. I just think that the moment that they... Because they're on, what, I think day six or something like that. The moment that things got really weird, they should have been like, hmm. And then, like, uh, the Aes Sedai left town mysteriously. Mm-hmm. It just seems like these are some red flags that they should have already been searching, you know? They mm-hmm. should have already been exploring this. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, because we don't get a good explanation for what happened to Min either, right? Is the idea... Are people just thinking that he just went off somewhere with Min? Yeah, they ran off together. I mean... I like, mean... Like I just brought up, he does that sometimes with his, you know, close female friends. Does no. He? I mean, he did that the one time with Avienda, but other than that, has he? But Min and, Min and Rand aren't romantic at all. They just, like, play kiss and, like, <laughs> yeah. play cuddle, you know? That's a joke, you know? <laughs> and she occasionally, like, gives him joking hand jobs, you know? <laughs> just as a joke. It's not weird. They're hand jokes. Yeah, hand jokes. Min. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I, I like this one bit in here where Rand... Uh, where Perrin is pushing through the, the crowd of partiers and, you know, somebody tries to, like, get in his way and, like, make him have fun and he gives him a lead wolf growl. I know. <laughs> and the guy so, backs off. No, then they growl back at him. <laughs> yeah, then they, then they take it up. Because like, they can't imagine someone would do that, you know, in earnest. So, like, he must be joking, right? <laughs> so he gets back to the palace and he has a powwow with all of the, the local leaders and people that care that Rand is gone. He finds out from Dobrain that Colaver is moving on the throne, and she's already had some of her rivals uh, executed yeah. or assassinated. Yeah, it seemed, seemed like so someone was poisoned, and another person was stabbed yeah. in the streets. But Dobrain is loyal. He swore an oath to Rand, so he came to Perrin to, to ask what's up. Yeah. And, and Rand's, uh, no, Perrin's like, why are you coming to me? He's like, I don't know, you're Rand's friend, right? <laughs> Seems like someone I should talk to. Yeah, yeah. And Berylaine has found Rand's uh, belt and sword, which he would never go anywhere without his belt and sword. I, feel, I, think, I think it's a little funny that that's the thing that tips him off. But, I mean, that's fair. He does carry the thing around a lot. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's this whole scene where, they're, they're, where two things are happening at once. That one is they're figuring out what happened with Rand and what they should do about it. And two, Berylaine is pursuing Perrin around the room. I, can't, I was trying to picture this. Like, is this like the, the, the most awkward scene ever? I, it's like... She's chasing him around the table, and he's trying to chase uh, Fahil around the table. And she's Perrin is using his wolf smell powers to read everybody's emotions all the time. <laughs> Which so, is that's actually pretty useful, right? Yeah, it's pretty great. But I think I finally figured out what in the scene what Fahil wants from Perrin. What's that? He well, it's, I guess it's obvious based on the if you actually read the previous uh, chapters, but she wants him to shout at her. And so that's why she gets upset in this scene when he shouts at Berylaine. She's like, he should be shouting at me. Shouting at somebody means you love them. Oh, because that's the way her parents interact. Yes. Wow. Oh, and that's yeah. what's going on here. That's what parent can't figure out. Because that's what... I, I was wondering about that because there's that, that, that air of disappointment. He mentions that she's disappointed. And I was like, what is this about? It, that, and that happens that, right after he shouts at Berylaine. That totally makes sense. So why does Fael like Perrin? Uh, well, I mean, everybody likes Perrin. I like Perrin. 
it's not good enough. Like, what is it about Perrin that attracts Fael? He's strong, and he is, like, steadfast, and he has a good beard. <laughs> he a good beard. Yeah. Big shoulders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, he, he seems like he's, he's pretty hot, you know? I mean, I, they never describe well, his hotness. I, honestly, I, I think it's stability. Hot. And I think she's not being consistent, but, you know, human beings aren't very consistent. Sure. She likes him because he's stable, reliable, he's everything that her family is not. But then she kind of, her instincts tell her that he's not treating her right because he's being stable and reliable and not being crazy and uh, aggressive. Okay. Yeah. She, I guess so she, reads that as, she reads that as a lack of passion where it's really just like, that's the way he is. I mean, it's yeah. just a really immature thing though, right? Like that's something you do like when you're a teenage girl. I, mean, I, I want this guy to pursue me. I want him to be passionate and yell. And yeah. How da, old da, do da. you think she is? 18. 18? A teenage girl. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so young, really young. Yeah, so like maybe I, I think if you're 18, you're like a baby. You shouldn't be able to drive or vote or do anything. Oh yeah, I was <laughs> a dumbass when I was 18. Yeah, they should keep you staked to a chain in the yard when you're 18. Mm-hmm. God, if I if I had gotten married when I was 18, I don't even know what my life would be like. I'm, yeah, ooh. I was a completely different person. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they all kind of team up. I guess this is the the last loyal people in Kyrian, and. <laughs> They, they basically figure out that Rand has been taken, and they decide what to do about it. Um, they also find out that, from Ruark, that the Shido have been moving in numbers, which is not a coincidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but Perrin says, well, I'm going to go get them, I guess. <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> I guess I'm going to go get them. <laughs> and then Lael's like, oh, I could come too. And they just kind of, I yeah, guess... Perrin, that... Perrin didn't even really assume that anybody was coming with him. He's just yeah. like, I'll go better get my axe. i got to go get them. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, we know how this turns out. It's kind of good that that didn't end up going that way. <laughs> right. It would have been a rough, rough situation if he went in by himself. And I forgot to mention, it is a little funny. When he like turns on Berlaine, he's like, stop fucking following me. He sticks his fingers in her cleavage by accident. <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's got a lot of cleavage. It's, if you're going to poke her, there's a pretty good chance you're going to hit that cleavage. <laughs> there's like a 30% chance her fingers won't have cleavage. Yeah, it's, it's harder to miss the cleavage than to hit the cleavage. And I Ruark, just, okay, I think, this, beat her? Yeah, well, that, that happened a while ago. And it's Back in Tear, right? Yeah, in Tear. Yeah. Because she tried to come on to him or something. Uh. I, I thought it was she was fighting with someone else. She, she and another woman were having some like altercation he yeah i forget but it, she was yeah. doing this stuff and and yeah ruark you were beat the beat her right which well, apparently i mean i would say that's uncalled for except it's the only thing that works apparently you know? except Perrin can't do that because file will get mad you're like it should be me he's slapping <laughs> i mean yeah kind of right yeah. like that's that's the way her parents this, interact this seems like Berlane, like it She's either saying, this is a really bad situation. I'm not sure how we're all going to get out of this alive. Or she's following Perrin around the room trying to get in his pants. Like, this is not the time. I thought Berylaine was on top of her shit, at least when it came to politics. Yeah, I, I actually uh, had the same feeling about this particular scene. Because she she plays around. like that. To, to me, all of her stuff with, is parent, with Perrin is like an amusing game for her. But like she's mm-hmm. also... And like amazing at governing, she's 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 somebody who handles her shit. Like, I it's I, weird that she's doing this here now. I disagree with the first part. I think her trying to get in Perrin's pants is a political move. You think so? Yeah, she has rightly identified Perrin as like uh, one of the most powerful people in the world because of his connection with Rand and his Tavernness and stuff. And this is her her go to move is she she uses her sexuality to advance her political and her country's political position. And she's right, actually. If she had gotten to Perrin before Fayil did, 
my end would be in good shape. Yeah, right? that's a good point. I guess, I guess I got the impression that she knew Perrin wasn't interested and therefore was just like toying with him, sort of. But maybe not. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. And so they decide uh, Perrin's going to go with uh, all the maidens they can bring because the other Aiel have to go face off the Shido. Yeah. And Dobrain can bring 500 Kyrianans and uh, uh, Barolane is going to send some Mayaners and the Wise Ones are going with them. Yeah, they throw together an uh, Aes Sedai hunting posse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, there's one, one quote in here I thought was really cool where Perrin was saying... Where Perrin was telling Fael that she can't come, and he's saying, this is war to the knife, which is a really cool thing to say. War to the knife. What, yeah. what does that mean? The knife is the last weapon you use. Why? Because it's the short, shortest range. Yeah. But what do you use all your other weapons? Well, maybe he... I, yeah, it does seem more likely Perrin would say something like, war to the throat tearing out with your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, I just feel like once you're out of knives, you still got the... Like, Perrin in particular would probably go for a throat. Yeah, it's probably true. So we cut to uh, what's up with Rand. Things are bad with mm. Rand. Well, we know, and now we know for sure where Min is. Yeah. Galena and 23 Aes Sedai have Rand, and they're traveling with the younglings. And they're keeping Rand in a box during the day and torturing him at night. It's uh, horrifying. A lot more than anyone realizes. Yeah, because Perrin and Fael think, or the uh, Perrin's team thinks that it's only six. six. Yeah, that's what they're, they think they're getting into. Yeah. And yeah. they're, they're torturing Rand, and they're torturing Min, and they're just generally doing as much evil stuff as you could possibly do. I feel like they should be concerned that they're going to kill him. I mean, like, it's traveling with somebody in a box all day in the in the heat that they're dealing with, that's how you kill somebody, right? Yeah, right. And I don't think they want to kill him, but man, they're, they're not being super careful about it. Mm-hmm. They are giving him water occasionally, enough to keep him alive. Once a day, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's tried to escape at least once. Yeah, apparently he was taking his badass lessons from land to heart because he kills one warder with his bare hands and then takes the guy's sword and kills another warder. It's yeah, like, okay, it's well. pretty solid. Yeah, land would be so proud of him. Yeah. A little tear <laughs> goes down his eye. And they're dealing with the Shido and Savannah, and so this is their plot, I guess, is that Savannah wanted to see Rand once they took him, and then the Shido are going to attack to cover their escape. And uh, at the same time, Savannah and the Shido have agreed to kill the younglings and Gawain just because Galena doesn't like him. Is that what it, I, I, I was trying to figure out, like, what, how does that figure he's, into her plot? He's a loose end. Yeah. He, he's not actually loyal to the White Tower. Yeah. And he's, I guess, risky because he's likely to kill Rand at his first opportunity. Or at least that's what they think. Yeah, yeah. They don't know about his oath to his sweetie. Um, and it's this is whole this is extremely grim. All the stuff with Rand is extremely grim. They're keeping him folded up in this box, and they're torturing him. And uh, it's just guaranteed that. He, well, yeah, their plan is they're going to break him and make him like a, a subservient person, which I guess would work eventually. But if that doesn't work, this guarantees he's going to kill you all. Yeah, I know. I mean, like he's the dragon reborn. This this could go real bad for him real fast. But it, yeah. I mean, I guess if you're a black Aja, then. You know, you've already, you already figured the worst is yet to come, right? Yeah. I am, I am confused about their end game here. Because either he's going to die or what? They're trying, to break, they're trying to break, him, break his spirit and make him subservient. They want him to, when they, by the time he gets to Tarvalon, they want him to be begging for whatever. Do they, I mean, do they honestly think that's what's going to happen, though? They, I think they honestly do. Yeah, that, that's my wow. interpretation is that, that, that <laughs> they're just trying to break his will. Yeah. 
And that's 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 Galena's. Uh, according to what she thinks, that's what that's what she's her intention. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. honestly, I think it might work if he doesn't manage to get out. Except breaking his will would mean that he would probably get taken over by Luz Theron Telamon. And yeah, then everybody is proper fucked. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that, like, every time he's in the box, he's just, like, just sitting, chatting with his ancient murderhead wizard. <laughs> yeah, you know? At least he's not alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we also get a little check-in with Savannah, and Savannah is just betraying everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like a triple cross or something? Yeah, she's betraying some of her Aiel buddies, and her, she agreed to betray the younglings, but she's not actually going to betray the younglings. She's going to betray the Aes Sedai instead, because or she both. wants... She's going to kill them all, I guess. She's kill them all, yeah. And she, that uh, apparently some dark friend gave her a tool to use on Rand, which was like the whole scheme here, right? From the, the dark friend's perspective, the was, whole scheme. I was wondering about that. I was like, didn't someone give her like a like a magic hand grenade or something that she's supposed to activate? Right, but she threw it away. She's like, nah. I'm, I'm... Because she wants to marry Rand. Yeah. How, that's so how does, weird. How does she think that's going to work out? Like, well, this is this is her play, right? This What she does is she finds powerful men and she marries them. I guess so. I just... I feel like she should realize that Rand kind of gets where she gets her in a in a negative way. Like I, he would never do that. I, I don't know. Maybe she doesn't realize that. Yeah. Uh, well, as we'll find, things do not go the way Savannah plans. That is true. So, chapter fifty-four: the sending. Icon of a wolf. The team Perrin sets out from the city. The city is still celebrating, uh, and it turns out they've got about. 6,000 Aiel and about 700 Wetlanders. And who, I, why even have the Wetlanders, really? Well, it seems like a pretty good-sized army, right? Yeah, what is the, what's the matchup? Uh, 6,000 warriors versus 6 Aes Sedai, or 23 Aes Sedai. Who do you expect to win that? Warriors. The Aes Sedai. I mean, the, you said 23 Aes Sedai? Yeah. Uh, I think that, well, it depends on the strength of the Aes Sedai, but... If there are six Aes Sedai and they link, we know that that's, they're pretty strong if they do that. I imagine they could do a couple things with that. Yeah, you know? yeah but they're not immune to weapons. Yeah, and they, they can't use the one power as a weapon also. Unless they can they're if being they're attacked. being attacked. They can use it. Well, can they? It's, I thought it was for self-defense, meaning they can make a shield or something. No, no, because we've seen... Remember, we've seen... We've seen them use it on Trollocs. They can use yeah. it on Darkspawn. I'm pretty sure that an Aes Sedai, if they're being attacked directly, they can use it as a weapon. I th- I'm trying to think. I mean, I know it's a little bit of a spoiler, but they do it in the battle, right? Yeah, they do, but how many of them are Black Ozer? Not all of them. Yeah, not all of them. You're right. Yeah, you're right. They yeah. totally do. But either way, as, as self-defense, I'm pretty sure Aes Sedai can do that. So let's say six Aes Sedai doing what? Lightning and, and, and fireballs or whatever? That's kind of their, yeah, their go-to. Right. Stuff and maybe one or two of them putting up an air shield or something, right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, they could probably like the air shield thing is pretty hard to get past. So it is, but I mean, they run out of batteries eventually, right? They get tired if they're yeah. holding up the air shield, and they're not epically strong like all the other channelers we know about. So maybe the Shido can just eventually push through the air shield. Mm-hmm. Well, so are we talking about six thousand or or sixty thousand? Because that's two different. Oh yeah, you're a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, but you're you're right. Like a sh- the Shida would be plenty to, to overwhelm them. But yeah, yeah. Uh, and I actually wrote my notes here. Perrin could really use those two rivers longbowmen against the Aes Sedai. <laughs> yeah, that's that would be really useful, right? Yeah, yeah. Just have them in the in the woods, you know, because Aes Sedai have to be able to see what they're casting at. Right, but. Uh, as they're going along, Perrin rallies the wolves and uses them to track the Aes Sedai. Yeah. It's kind of like a, a wolf telegraph system. <laughs> Finally checks in with his wolf bros. We've got, he's got his friends Two Moons, Wildfire, Fire, and Old Deer? <laughs> 
old deer. You know, it's an old deer. <laughs> Not I mean, every name is awesome. <laughs> I'm just trying to picture what that name, where that name comes from. It's like this, like a picture of a, a dead deer lying on the ground. Oh, it, I thought it was just a, a deer that was alive but old. Oh, yes. I, I mean, maybe. Why would a wolf think of? I mean, what, okay, it's like a, a like a boxer named Tiny or something. Like it means he's a really badass wolf because uh, he's got an unbadass. It's name. ironic. I see. It's an ironic name. And also, I was reminded here of what the wolf's name is for Rand, Shadow Killer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Which is the coolest ever. You know, they describe what Perrin's thing is: young bull with like the the horns and everything. I wonder what Shadow Killer looks like. Yeah, I want to get the full wolf description oh, of what yeah. Shadow Killer is. Right? Is it just like you know what, like a you know like a flashlight? <laughs> A <laughs> little stick that light, light comes out of, you know, kills the shadows. On de, I just I want to point out that on departure, Fayil refuses to talk to Perrin. She's gonna feel real shitty if Perrin doesn't come home. I know saying. that made me mad. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, come on, you. She she thinks that there's a good chance he's gonna die. That's dumb. Yeah, I'm saying. And uh, Loyal has, as the brains of the operation, has figured out that there's more than seven Aes Sedai, or more than six Aes Sedai, which is, it's good. It's good to know. That's important, yeah. It's good info. And, and, and you know, even with an army like this, yeah, they, they're going to have some trouble dealing with any reasonable number of Aes Sedai, I think. Yeah. And, they, and I guess they know it, too. I think, I mean, I don't know, yeah, I think Aes Sedai, I think they run out of gas, and also you can shoot them in the back, you can surround them, you can starve them out. I think there are tactics you can use on the Aes If you're not, if you're just holding them, if you're not actively attacking them, can they blast you? That's a good question. If you're just standing in their way? Probably. I Maybe. mean, if you're, if you're showing aggression towards them. But, but you know, Jeff, I, I would have disagreed until you said the thing about the longbowmen. I think you're right. I think longbowmen are a key tactic against, against Aes Sedai. Yeah. If you have a few hundred of those, spread Aes, them out. Aes Sedai also don't have infinite range. That's true. Their range oh, is based yeah. on their strength. Yep. So I think the longbowman would be the the answer to the Aes Sedai. Yeah. I think uh, there's a there's a funny moment here where Perrin's doing some like math word problems. He's like <laughs> because he gets a, like a rough distance. He's like if we're traveling at forty miles an hour and they're traveling about thirty five miles a day. Right. Because the wolves are very unhelpful about this stuff. <laughs> they're like you know you know roughly the distance from where I can get to this other guy's place. Yeah. It would take you a, it would take you a day to walk to the place where it would take this guy half a day to walk to. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I felt bad for Perrin because he's like trying to sort out like where they are. <laughs> yeah. Um, at some point during this trip, Loyal asks Perrin for advice about marriage, which struck me as like asking a drowning man for swimming lessons. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like, what does that say about Loyal if he thinks like Perrin's got it figured out? <laughs> or maybe he's like, this is what I'm not, what I should not do. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Well, tell that's me, pretty smart. <laughs> yeah. Tell me everything about how you've chosen to live your life, Perrin. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about your decisions. I think it's also kind of cute because Loyal's like waxing poetic about his his like fiance about Aerith. Yeah, mm-hmm. about Aerith. And uh, for some reason, Perrin's like missing Fael. I don't get it. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. this is the this is probably the easiest he's had it for weeks, right? Yeah, uh, I like Fael. I would miss her if I was Perrin and married to her. And we and know. I don't know. I don't understand why, Jeff, but I accept that you like Fael. She's fun. Okay. <laughs> She's got passion. That's she does right. have that. I'll give you that. I really like this this whole chapter. It's a slow motion chase scene because they, they start out six days behind and they can catch up about half a day every day. And they're going as fast as they can. They know they're catching up. They know something's going to happen, but they don't know exactly what. Uh, it's really good writing from Robert Jordan. It's, it's building up to something. And uh, they eventually get caught up by the Two Rivers Men and the Saladar Aes Sedai, which is really good news. Mm. Because, like I was saying, they need those archers, and they could really use some Aes Sedai. Although, these Aes Sedai can't really attack, can they? 
I guess they have to put themselves in danger or something. Yeah, I don't know. It's not yeah. real. Anyway. Uh, and as soon as Perrin meets the Aes Sedai with the two rivers men, they, they start trying to manipulate him, uh, doing their the typical Aes Sedai BS. Mm-hmm. And I think Perrin handles it the best of anybody so far. He just ignores them. He's just like, oh, that's annoying, but I, you know, I got something to do. <laughs> I'm going to walk towards Rand and kill everybody that gets in my way. And that's still my plan. Perrin gets shit done. He does. And it's good to see the two rivers guys again. Yeah. But then Perrin gets a wolf message. They've caught up. And there's a lot of people there. Many two legs. Yeah, oh shit. Uh, so, so there's a quote in here I wanted to, ask, I wanted to present to you guys, because I have no idea what this means. The only man completely at peace is a man without a navel. Ah, yes. A man who's not hungry, or can't be hungry. It's food. Uh, a navel orange. Uh, no, he doesn't have a belly, right? A man without a, a stomach. I thought navel as in like you weren't, you didn't come from anywhere, and you weren't connected to anybody. Oh, oh I thought that too. I thought maybe it was like something about navel gazing, like you can't like. So we, <laughs> so clearly none of us have any idea because we had three different inter- very yeah. different interpretations. <laughs> okay, yeah, I no longer understand that quote. <laughs> I also think it's really funny that two of the refugees think that he's. Um, uh, that Perrin is like a vampire or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they keep, they won't go outdoors at night and they keep giving him gifts of garlic, <laughs> which he ate with great pleasure. Yeah, my impression is this is like they've got some kind of like were- werewolf mythology or something. Uh-huh. But yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that was pretty great. <laughs> I wish somebody would feed me gar- stuff with garlic. Sounds great. <laughs> somebody brought me garlic bread every day. Mm, yeah, that'd be good. Mm, okay, new probably. app idea. Garlic bread delivery on demand subscription. Yes. It's so easy, right? You just have trucks full yeah. of garlic bread. You deliver garlic bread every day. Cause you can, yeah, because yeah, you can keep garlic bread you know, hot and fresh in, a, in the back of a van pretty easily, right? Especially in Texas. I bet, <laughs> I bet somewhere out there there's a food truck that just does garlic bread. Surely. Mm-hmm. But you have to make it deliver. Yeah, that's true. I will find it. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Navels. Oranges. <laughs> Chapter 55, Dumai's Wells, icon of the ancient Aes Sedai symbol. So this is epic. Yeah. This is actually one of those moments that I keep bringing up that I remember from reading the books. You know, I don't remember most of this stuff, but I remember this scene. Mm-hmm. So a Gawin is leading the Aes Sedai wagons when a scout reports that the Aiel are attacking him, uh, which is bad for them, I guess. Uh, Rand yeah. is still in the box. That's really sad. Yeah, and it's interesting. Even Gwyn thinks it's kind of fucked up, right? Like he, yeah. he's like, you know, given the chance, I would kill Rand, but you know, put yeah. him in a box, put really? Him in a box, yes. yeah, that's messed up. And uh, we get get back to Perrin, and Perrin and his troops, his party, have come upon a pitched battle. The Shido are surrounding the tower Aes Sedai, uh, and the Aes Sedai have put up a shield, and they're throwing fireballs and lightning bolts, and and. Killing the Shido in great numbers, but there's so many Shido. There's tens of thousands of them. Yeah, like 40, 50,000, something like that. Yeah. And uh, they have wise ones with them, too, that are fighting. And uh, Oh, yeah, they have a bunch of, like, a hundred wise ones or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Perrin, <laughs> everybody looks to him like, what now? And he's like... Guess we're going to die. Yep. <laughs> Plan ain't changed, bros. <laughs> everybody mount up. We're going that way. <laughs> yeah, someone, someone asks them, like... You know, I was. I think it's what the wise ones are like. Well, you know, what are you gonna do? He's like, well, I'm going in there. Like, good. That's that's what I. That's what I want to do too. Yeah, we're going in there too. You know. <laughs> yeah, 
uh, he's like, yeah, we're going to cut our way in there, get to Rand, and then he's going to solve the problem. <laughs> I mean, they're not wrong, right? Like, once you get to Rand and, you know, he's able to do his magic thing, he's Well, it turns out all, you right? can't gateway out of there, as we find out later. Yeah, but I mean, like, he'll just, like, nuke the world, right? <laughs> right, yeah. He'll go crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's the dragon. That's what he does. Uh, there is an incredibly super-duper epic battle scene mm-hmm. as the, the Shidor swarming all around the Aes Sedai and, and Perrin and his party form into two divisions and charge the Shido from behind. And it becomes this incredibly chaotic melee where Perrin is sort of just putting one foot in front of the other and killing anybody that gets in front of him and he loses track of everything around him. Uh, and it looks surely like he's not going to make it. And uh, it looks like he's getting swarmed, they're not going to make it through the Shido. Um, when he notices some black-coated uh, people teleporting in. <laughs> yeah, they get, to, they get some wizard support of their own. Yeah, making a, a, a beachhead. Um, then we get to Rand, who is able to escape in the distraction, because they, some of the Aes Sedai holding his shield have, have gone off to do the defense, and there aren't enough to hold it anymore. Which seems like an odd choice to me, though, that they would try to do that, that they would do that at all. Uh, like, lower your defenses even for just a second on him. Yeah, they don't... I don't think they're aware that a shield can be broken with enough time. Mm-hmm. I think that's, like, a, a knowledge that is lost. So, in ignorance combined with, like, Aes Sedai, bullshit, pride... Yeah. And also distraction by the 60,000 Shido. Well, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but either way, they screw up. Mm-hmm. And Rand <laughs> blows his way out of the box, stills the, the three women that are still trying to hold him, and it is incredibly epic. He's very angry. Uh, he's surrounded by a chaos of battle. He didn't know what's going on. He's been in a box for a week, right? And, but he sees the Aes Sedai fighting back against the Shido, and he starts backstabbing them. Yeah, holy shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is terrifying. Is it? It's terrifying to me, their description of how like the bodies just keep building up and up and up of the dead Shido. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this, this is like... Probably the goriest scene we've seen in these books thus far, right? Against humans. Like, it definitely, maybe it's just because Perrin was there, but it definitely reminded me of the battle at the Two Rivers, uh, just in terms of, like, all the slaughter. But it's different when it's, like, Trollocs and Mirdral. Like, yeah, fuck that, they're evil. You know? mm-hmm. They're not people. Yep. Rand seems to be about half and half Rand versus Luz Theron at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's I a think little... Luz Theron's winning. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, probably sitting in that box for a week didn't do great things to Rand's sanity, you know? Yeah, at one point he thinks, like, I didn't mean to sever those, those Aes Sedai. I guess Luz Theron did that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, like... I think, he, I think he's come to kind of an arrangement with Luz Theron, you know? It actually did him some good to have some alone time, just him and Luz Theron <laughs> in the box. Yeah, no, honestly, like, he probably wouldn't have escaped if not for Luz Theron, right? Like, he actually started... Having a full conversation with Luz Theron. Yeah, Luz Theron knew how to get through the knotted weaves. Right, exactly. But uh, Gwyn buzzes Rand and, and gives him some stink eye, uh, but then leaves. Yeah, it, you know, okay, Gwyn. It occurred to me during this battle, as he was shouting his battle cry of the younglings, <laughs> that younglings might actually be a less intimidating name for a battle company than the Golden Honeybees. So that's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they're, not, they're bees. They're not honeybees. They're bumblebees. Yeah, the, bum, the Golden they're, Bumblebees. They're, they're both honeybees and bumblebees because they're just bees. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, the younglings is one of those things that, like, it's, it's, it's good when you're a bunch of kids, right? But, like, eventually he's going to have to come up with a better name for these guys. I, I don't know. I, I, you can shoot the moon with that kind of name, right? If you're super, super badass, then having like a goofy, silly name is even more intimidating because you don't even have to intimidate people. 
because you're the the fluffy bunnies or whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> I mean, you know, if the name doesn't have any inherent intimidation, it's all the more intimidating when people get you, when you have a reputation yeah. for murder. So it, I was a little frustrated that Rand and Gawain didn't actually have a conversation here. Rand could have said something like, "I didn't kill your mom," but. I guess he's been in a box for six days and he's half insane and he just came out into a battle, a three-sided battle, and he has no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a conversation they have, but maybe now is not the time. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Good point. Gwen, let's, let's just let's, let's pop a squat here and have a talk, you know? Yeah. No, pull, pull up, a, pull up a, a stump and let's let's chat. Yeah. Want some, do you want to have a pipe? We'll smoke and we'll talk. But Gwen leaves. Uh, he's no longer a factor. He, he, he leaves and says, I'll see you dead someday or something like that, you know, something right. suitably. Yeah, sure, Gwen. Yeah, yeah that's angsty. cool and all. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm concerned with the here and now at this moment, Gawain. Right. And then Tame and the Ashaman manage to take the camp and make a dome, uh, covering Rand and Perrin and uh, a few of Perrin's team uh, to keep out all the Shido. And yeah. it is Tame and like a hundred black-coated murder wizards. Yeah. Oh man, this is this is this is intense. And Tame is clearly not on Team Rand. Like. He's there, and he's like, kind of run the really? show himself. You don't oh, think so? Oh, yeah. Tame Why? hates Rand. Every time he gives him... Every time Rand says something to him, it says, Tame, like, his face went stony. Every time Rand gives him an order, he's like, whatever, you know? Tame well, is clearly, like, not yeah, on but Tame, Rand. Tame didn't have to show up, right? Yeah. And Tame could have left Rand behind. I guess. Or I Tame know. could have just killed Rand at this point, because he's got... All the murder wizards. I, I guess he, I guess he wants to keep him alive for some reason. I, I just, uh, I, I, to me, it seems very clear that Tame is like up to no good, you know. But you're right. I think Tame just has like a what do you call it, a resting bitch face. <laughs> Maybe I think he's all right, actually. <laughs> all right. I mean, like he, he's he's certainly delivered so far. I'll give him that, you know. Yeah, yeah. He makes a dome, and there's uh, this tense moment as Tame suggests, "Well, we just leave everybody outside the dome and wait around here until we can gateway out, and then we just book it." Which is not what I expected him to say, because he's usually the let's kill him guy. Yeah, that was surprising. Yeah. I I think it's not that he doesn't want to kill everyone there. It's just that, you know, he's tired. He had a long day. <laughs> he's like, Wants to go he's home. like uh, yeah, he got interrupted in the middle of his dinner and it's getting cold. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Bren's like... Yeah, no. but, but of course, yeah, because a lot of the of parents' team is still outside the dome, too. Yeah, that's true. There, there's the, the two rivers... Longbow and Mono out there, the Mayaners, like, they, they keep seeing them. It's it's a little sad because they're, I'm sure they're trying to get in too, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they get left out there with a Shido, they're not going to stand a chance. But Rand, it turns out, is not in a live and let live mood today. No. Because <laughs> he says, no, 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 no. Just kill them all. <laughs> and uh, You made me a bunch of murder wizards, right? So uh, get murdering. Yeah, like, show me what they can do. And, and Tame gives him the order, Ashaman, kill. And that's what they do. Yeah. <laughs> and it is incredibly gory and disturbing. Yeah, as, as bloody as it was before, all of a sudden they're just, I guess, just mutilating and... People are literally bursting apart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the first thing they do is, is they lift the dome and the waves of Shido pour at them and they all just explode. They're just rendered limb from limb. Mm -hmm. And the second thing they do is they do a fire and earth explosion that rolls outward and kills everybody that survived the first wave. And you know what this is? This is what the experience that people had at the beginning of World War One when they charged machine guns and artillery oh, on their horses. Yeah, you're totally right. Because there were there were forces that fought in World War One that still rode horses and thought of thought cavalry charges were an epic or a, were a good strategy. 
And this is what happened. They just literally blew apart by a force they couldn't even see because the machine gun was far far enough away they couldn't even see it. Yep. Yeah. Just and the artillery used to do this rolling thunder thing, they called it, where they would they would range in and then they would drop a line of artillery every hundred feet or fifty feet or so and march the artillery out and destroy the entire destroy the land, destroy everything. And the Shido have no way to deal with this. I mean, it, it's interesting because up, up until now, Aiel have been pretty fearless, right? We, we've seen the Aiel yeah. with, with no fear of death, with no fear of, you know, uh, you know always pursuing their the thing. But the Shido have no answer to this. Nothing yeah, they're, 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 it's, like a, it's like a different era of warfare that they've run into. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if anybody except Mazrum Tame knew what was about to happen here. Yeah, it's true. And maybe lose there and Telemon. <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> It's pretty. It's actually pretty horrific, you know. Yeah, it, it's a nightmare. It's it's really honestly disturbing, and I hate the Shido. I want them to be dead. Mm-hmm. I you you gotta yeah you gotta you gotta wonder if if Ren's uh, feeling <laughs> feeling as wonderful about this situation as he was before. Yeah, right. I wonder if uh, I wonder if they were able to differentiate friend from foe. I mean, like with the the body exploding thing, maybe, but that rolling fire and earth thing. I wonder if that got any of the good guys. Yeah, we didn't see that, but. Yeah, I hope not. Yeah, I don't know. They describe it as like running into a meat grinder, so I don't think that they it probably wouldn't out know, real right? well. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's probably a lot of friendly fire. Yeah, but uh, after that happens, the the issue, the immediate issue, seems to have been settled, because the Shida are all in these huge, horrible heaps of body parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Rand confronts the Saladar Aes Sedai, uh, who immediately come and try and do like the hi hat Aes Sedai manipulation stuff on him. Yeah. Which is insane. It's pretty dumb at this point. You, you know, know, if they did this tomorrow, it might work. But yeah. right now... Yeah. Right, seriously, yeah. Like, he oh. just got out of the box ten minutes ago or something, right? Yeah, the box where he was tortured by a bunch of Aes Sedai. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, we've come to rescue you. I mean, I guess you did it yourself, but, you know, it counts. Our intentions count. It's a thought that counts, They right? literally say that intentions do count, and he's like, fuck you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he is like, fuck you. He's like, no, go with the other tower Aes Sedai. You're all the same now. Mm-hmm. Unless you want to kneel to me. And uh, and yeah, Tame gives him the line, kneel or you will be knelt. Yeah. Whew. It's pretty badass. Yeah. yeah. It, it, you know, it's it's uh, it's getting a little dark, though. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I mean, we've spent a lot of time with the Aes Sedai in this book. And I complained about it during the, at the time. But now I'm 100% on Rand's side. These people cannot be trusted. Even the good ones cannot be trusted in any way. Mm-hmm. And so they have to kneel. They have to swear fealty because they can't be allowed to run around on their own. Do you yeah. think that's even? Do you think that's even helpful having them swear fealty? Well, they if they take an oath, it's binding. <laughs> that's true. Magic eyes and eye stuff. They can't lie. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. But yeah, that's the very last line: kneel and swear to the Lord Dragon, or you will be knelt. And then it goes into an outro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is super, super cool. First and, uh, night I said I swore fealty to the Dragon Reborn, and the world there, has changed forever. There was one more. Uh, little line that Robert Jordan had in there where Rand is uh, looking over uh, the people that he's got with him and he, and he thinks Luz Theron is going crazy when he thinks about the Saladar Aes Sedai, but Rand thinks, now was no time for insane rages. <laughs> Maybe later. <laughs> yeah, right. Wow. Maybe, right, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they do it. The Aes Sedai swear fealty to him, which is a big deal, a major realignment in political power in this world. I wonder, uh, so there, that's... What nine Aes Sedai, right? Mm-hmm. So, do they speak for Saladar? Do are they now his liaisons to Saladar? I wonder how that's going to work. They don't work for Saladar anymore. Yeah, they right. work for him. That's what I'm saying. Like nine is fine, but it'd be better if he could get them to bring the 
uh, it'd be better if the rest of that rhymed, but it doesn't. <laughs> that was an accidental of a rhyme. <laughs> Nine is fine, but the rest are divine. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but he, the, but he, what, he, what he really wants. Time. <laughs> there you go. But really, what he wants is the entirety of the solid. He does, but this is a start because Isodai are very powerful, very useful, and to have some that are genuinely on his side, like Moraine was, yeah, is great. I guess he got a lot of then too, right? Yeah, yeah, she, she was there. She's one of the nine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So now Alana is uh, in his employ. I, yeah, I don't that's know. It's an that's interesting power shift. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, Robert Jordan goes into epic mode yeah. with some nicely written prose. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, to end it out, and then we get the epilogue, the answer, icon of the wheel of time. We get a, kind of a dark friend, dark spawn sampler platter. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Get some black Aja and Ebudar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Thalion is one of the one of those thirteen Black Ajas, right? Yeah, because I think because she mentions mentions Mogedian, and I believe Mogedian back in uh, where was it Tanchiko, where she had him. Wait, yeah, that sounds right. I think yeah, wherever wherever Mogedian had the the house full of Black Aja and gave them all individual commands, she sent them a bunch of different directions, and this is apparently one of them. Yeah, still yeah. following her orders, but she's there looking for Terangriel. Interesting. Yeah, a cache of. Of Angriel and Terangriel that Mogedian thought existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so, she better not fuck with Nynaeve because Nynaeve has a, a real way of dealing with Black Aja. <laughs> I know, right? Like, if she knew Nynaeve was in town, she should probably get the hell out. <laughs> Even though this is like knife fight capital. <laughs> you know, things just like went from 9 to 11. Yeah. And um, a Golam kills Herodfell. Which Big, big have, frown. I like Herodfell. Have we encountered Golam before? They've been referenced before, but I don't even remember in what context. Yeah. I yeah. think it's supposed to be one of those things, those abilities that's been lost because they have to be created with the power. Yeah, it's some kind of dark spawn thing. And yeah. We know that it's it goes underneath the door or something like that. It's, it yeah. goes, squeezes in a, in a crack underneath the door. And tears him limb from limb. At it's, first I thought they were talking about those big rock monster things because of like Golem or something like that, but it's not that. It's something different. Well, yeah. it's got to be a reference, and that's I'm pretty sure that's a Jewish folklore thing. Yeah, like the Golem. Specifically Jewish. Yeah, the Golem. It's like a... a you make them out of something. mud, yeah, and you do the the Hebrew on the head and bring them to life. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't have a soul though, just no. uh, and it does your will. Mm-hmm. But I think this is different than the rock monster things from the that were making the um, mirror draw blades. This is something different, right? They probably don't fit under doors That's... unless Herodfell has a really high door. Well, I was just wondering if it was like a really <laughs> tiny one, you know, like the size of the whole thing that crawls on there. Right, it, it took him like three really days strong. to tear that guy limb from the <laughs> They're really strong. They're really small. <laughs> uh, yes, and also Arangar frees Mogedian and sends her to Shiloh Gull. And I knew they should have killed her. Oh, yes! I, knew they killed I her. know, right? Killed her or stilled her or something. So dumb. Yeah, they're, I know. They're so screwed. What they're a so mysterious screwed. and unexpected outcome. This person that we've been saying for like two books. If only somebody, yeah. If only somebody had listened to the large ginger shouting at the book, but no, <laughs> nobody was listening. Yeah, this isn't the never-ending story. They can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping. Uh, Just fucking kill her. Yeah, uh, but she's going to Shiloh Gull, so uh, Mogadian's on the loose again. Yeah. But and least, she has like every reason to be pissed off at our main characters now. I guess at least she didn't kill Egwene on the way out, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and then Demandrid reports successful mission to the Dark One. We don't know specifically what he's referring to. Yeah, right? we don't know. Uh, th- and th- also, my, like, my my bet is Mazarin Tame. You think so? I do not know that for sure. That's not a spoiler. It just seems like Mazarin Tame showed up, 
this book about when Demandrid showed up and that's what I've got. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> and Tam, like, Tamax super jealous of Rand and... and yeah, that would make sketchy. total sense, yeah. So, so you think, you think uh, Majum Tame is Damandrit? Yes. Okay, yeah, that sounds right. But it, that doesn't explain why Bashir recognized them, like, on sight. Right, that's true. Bashir would not have known Damandrit. Well, Majum Tame was always Damandrit. Unless was Forsaken. Unless Bashir was also a Forsaken. Mm. <laughs> oh, shit. Samael's short, right? Bashir's oh, short. Oh, shit. Did, Bashir did, is Samael. Did, was Samael ever, in those... For, uh, Forsaken meetings, was he ever standing on a horse saddle while it galloped around? Yes. He could have I'm pretty been. sure. Yeah. <laughs> They're uh, all Forsaken. Also, there's a brief mention of uh, the Sean Chin apparently talking about going to Ebudar as well. So Right. Yeah, back. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yep. More trouble afoot. Yep. Uh, I'm, not, I'm surprised the Ebudar storyline didn't get resolved in this book. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of this book ended with an unusually large amount of loose ends, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people doing like we have Matt and Elaine and Nynaeve and Ebudar, right? Who are all eventually going somewhere else. We have all of these sea folk. We still don't know kind of what the deal is with them. We, I mean, we know, we suspect we know, but they're just kind of sitting out there. Yeah, yeah. We have a bunch of we have all the stuff with Egwene and the Saladar Aes Sedai marching to Tarvalon. That yeah, didn't go anywhere. a lot of unfinished stuff. It feels like Robert Jordan's editor at some point was like, "Dude, we just have to like cut you off, like tie it up as best you can, and we'll just keep going." We still don't know what Rand's fucking plan with with Oh my Samalis. god, you're right. We still <laughs> we have no idea. Yep. It's just, it just didn't happen. They just put him in the box, and that happened. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> is the plan off? I don't know. I mean, I mean. Probably the plan doesn't involve getting put in the box and tortured by Aes Sedai. You know, honestly, at some point I was like, is this his plan? Was this somehow his plan? Are we going to find out this is his fucking plan? I don't know. <laughs> we have really no idea at this point. No. Yeah. But that is Lord of Chaos, book yeah. six of The Wheel of Time. Yeah. What did you guys think? So, okay. This is not my favorite of this book so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this book... You know, I think we've talked about before about like the the recap chapters or whatever. This almost, and I know it wasn't, but it almost felt like the whole book was structured like recap chapters, like a bunch of like foundational information and stuff like that. Yeah, it, at, least, nothing much at least half to two thirds of the book felt that way to me. And I know we, we've we've commented too that a lot of when stuff actually does happen, a lot of the time it happens off screen too. Yeah, right. Yeah, why did that happen off screen when there's so much not happening on screen? Yes, it, it's. It's a, it was an interesting choice what he chose to like devote his pages to, right? And yeah, it was it was a lot of a lot of background, a lot of under under undercurrents. It wasn't until the literally the last chapter that the action peaked. So so I think that in some of his books there are like peaks and valleys, you know, there's spikes. This book felt like a whole bunch of valley and then one big peak at the end. Yeah. That peak was a banger, though. No, yeah, that 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 epic battle at the end was wild. But the whole the whole thing after he gets captured was very gripping. You know, mm-hmm. it's frustrating, and I mean, but in a good way. Like it made me feel like caught up in the action, and then I don't know what's going to happen with Perrin, and Perrin's coming to the rescue, and then there's this. I don't know. It's, it's what's a I forget who, but a famous writer once said that a good ending should be surprising but inevitable. Yeah, and that's what it feels like that here. Like it was. I didn't expect to see. Tame coming to the rescue with his murder wizards, but of course he did. Yeah. Right? That's no, the no. point. The, the, the point of, of training all them is to have a magical force that can fight magical forces. And it, it, if nothing else, we saw 
just how much they're capable of. You know, we've seen Aes Sedai fight before, but we've never seen a group of dedicated uh, channeling soldiers. And it's crazy to see what they were able to do, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, they, what they do all day, they train, like, they explode rocks like heads. Yeah. And then you put them in, in a fight, and that's what they do. They just explode heads as fast as they can. And due to the oaths that Aes Sedai take, they literally could never be this, right? They, they can't train to, to be magic weapons. Mm-hmm. So Raid has created a, a force that's never existed, or hasn't existed in thousands of years. Yeah, the, yeah. Like, likes of which. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's, it's disturbing, you know? Like it was, it was a really good ending because it, it makes it makes me like like I'm happy Rand's out of that, but also I'm worried about what what's going to happen next with this. Yeah, I agree. But but overall, yeah, the, the, it felt like there was a lot of filler in this book, and I, I I don't think it was intended that way. I don't think it was. I, I think for Robert Jordan, he felt like he was laying important foundation foundational knowledge. But given that most of the foundation he laid doesn't actually reach its culmination in this book, it feels really weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I. I feel like a lot of that stuff could have just been taken out. Yeah. You know, if you're going to not do the Ibudar stuff here, you could just have Matt and uh, Elaine and Nynaeve's Ibudar adventure happen in the next book. Yeah. I mean, that could be, a, that could be like a, a, it seems like there could have been a way to work that resolution in here or not, you know? Yeah. But, it's just, it felt shapeless and it didn't have the structure that his other books have had. I was also really upset that Matt's storyline devolved after be, having become so interesting. Yeah. 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 It's true. Yeah. Not to mention Tom and Julian. You're right. This, this is kind of the same storyline that he had in the Dragon Reborn where he goes off on what he thinks of as a rescue mission, but it's sort of not, but it sort of actually is. Yeah. And he's kind of a, and he's a goofball, but he ends up saving the day, right? Mm-hmm. That's what happened here, except he's already passed all that. He's like awesome, like battle commander guy now. Yeah. Yeah. For him to be, for him to be doing what he's doing right now is a tremendous waste of his talents, right? Like he's a general. He's, he's possibly the best tactician in the world. And what is he doing? Yeah. He's chasing after. Yeah. He's like babysitting some people that don't want to be babysitted. Yeah. Well, and just from a story perspective, he's such a fascinating character and there's so many fucking awesome things that Robert Jordan could do with him. Why is he doing this? Yeah. It, yeah. It feels like retreading old ground. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, uh, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't know. I don't put thoughts in Robert Jordan's head, but yeah, it, it is kind of frustrating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But and I guess, I guess we'll see in the next book what, uh, Hopefully there will be some like resolution here. I I do wonder if you're right, Alice. If this this wasn't necessarily where the book was supposed to end mm-hmm. in Robert Jordan's mind, but it's just like it got to be what 900 pages, over 900 pages, and it, you have to put a binding on something, right? Yeah, I really mm-hmm. feel like the only major change, the only character that had any sort of major change was Egwene, and Rand's still just kind of crazy building up his army, like the Mazarin thing, like that's huge, but like yeah. Perrin's. Kind of doing stuff. He's moving around. You know, Matt devolves like we talked about. Nynaeve and Elaine, like, sure, they're full. They became full Aes Sedai, but they're still basically doing the exact same shit. Nynaeve hasn't even removed her block yet. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Nynaeve still has her block. So really, yeah, really the only thing that changed is Egwene went from doing her I.O. bullshit to, you know, becoming Amarlin. Yeah. This this book contained, I would say it contained more teasers at future plot than it contained actual plot. Like, we've got Land who shows up, right? And oh yeah! Oh yeah! Towards the end, yeah. There. There's, that's there's nothing done with that. You know, we've got all of, all of these forsaken plots, right? Like, what what forsaken's plot has actually been revealed or 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 come to fruition? None of them, right? 
uh, Aaron Gars, I guess. No, it hasn't, right? Because because he's still in. He's still there doing what he, we don't know. We know what Aaron Gars supposed. Aaron Gars supposed. Yeah, to be, yeah. Right? I don't know. Yeah, I feel. See, if I if you look at the events on the timeline, I feel like the Shadow Rising and the Fires of Heaven should have been one book, and that big fight at the end of or in the middle to the end of Fires of Heaven should have been the end of the Shadow Rising, right? And then the Shadow Rising would have been. Rand goes to the Aiel, finds about his heritage, leads the Aiel back, and wins a huge battle mm-hmm. uh, to take over Kyrian, right? And then this book, like the the murder wizards thing and the conflict with the Aes Sedai, like I think that's really what the really the really important thing that happened here is that Rand solved the Aes Sedai problem in in a certain way, right? He's he was trying to he was like kind of doing political games against all the Aes Sedai, and then one of them pushed him too far, and he's. He's not playing their game anymore, right? Yeah. yeah but, but but that should have happened like that that in leading up to Dumai's Wells and this massacre should have been the end of this book, but the Ebudar stuff should have filled the rest of it, you know? Yeah. And whatever happens in the next book should have been I'm sure it's too long. I'm sure it should have been compacted yeah. and put into this book. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess even the I said I stuff is is only starting, right? Like we don't have we still have all the well a lot of loose ends there too. Yeah, the, like the tower, you know? Yeah. The the tower split, like how long ago? Two books? Yeah, a while ago. Maybe one, maybe last book. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so where would you rate this book? In the rankings. Bottom? Yep. Number worst? Mm-hmm. Wow. Let me think about this. Let me think about this. I'm, I feel I, 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 listen, listen, listen I feel like I put a <laughs> shitload of effort into reading this, and a, I did put a lot of time into this, and I don't feel like it paid off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looking at the book so far, like, this might be the worst, you know? I don't know. Yeah, I agree. We had some strong books books until now, and I I feel Um, like this one... In my opinion, it's still The Dragon Reborn, then... What did I... I can't remember what I said before, so I... think you like The Eye of the World a lot. Yeah, The Dragon Reborn, then The Eye of the World, and then probably the... Uh, probably Fires of Heaven and then The Shadow Rising and then The Great Hunt and then this one. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say I think The Great Hunt previously The Great Hunt was our least mm-hmm. favorite but yeah, I feel like not a lot happened to this one. Yeah. I, I, interestingly enough the way this book went made me more curious to read the next one because there's all these loose ends now, yeah. right? And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping we get some kind of resolution on some of them in the next book because it feels like not much got resolved in this one. I completely agree. Like, I really do not feel like we just finished a book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's right. got you. You're hooked. Yeah, I know. This is, this is, how, this is how he gets you. <laughs> All right. So the judges give it a zero, zero, zero. <laughs> I, I wouldn't give I it a zero. I would give it a zero. I'd give it a Because I, I thought Demise Wells was awesome. Yeah. I thought some of the parent stuff was good, you know. I thought I honestly thought some of the Egwene stuff was good. I started liking her a little bit more when yeah, she actually I, had some power. Yeah, her as the Amalyn seat is the first time that I've been, really been excited about Egwene's stuff. I think. Yeah, you know? but Elaine became worse, like markably worse. Yeah, that's worse. right. She fell off a cliff. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Elaine was I'm, okay. Better so for her. When I'm reading, I get their names confused all the time. Elaine and Egwene. Maybe Robert Jordan did too. <laughs> Maybe like, uh, like wait, he got their personalities swapped. Well, I can't remember now. <laughs> I don't know. It begins with an E. Yeah. Matt had some really good parts in this book too. So Matt was Matt was a win. Rand was okay. I mean, like, let's see, Rand in this book. How was Rand in this book? I mean, he was about the same, right? He wasn't the most annoying he's ever been. Like, he had more periods of lucidity than I feel like we've seen, which I, if, I 
that's a word, lucidity, yeah, yeah, which yeah, I yeah. appreciated. Um, and it wasn't like Randon earlier books where he spent so much time like denying his yeah. fate. He, he's got over his denial thing and mm-hmm. he's he's become confident and somewhat competent. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. Like he, he's taken Maureen's training to heart and yeah. it's really showing. Like he's, he's actually handling things. Yeah, the first part of the book, Rand, was really annoying to me because there was a lot of time where he was just like, sitting around talking to himself and being crazy. But yeah. like his whole thing with developing the Ashaman was interesting. And then like as dumb as the stuff with Min was, like at least he wasn't just being crazy Rand. Like Okay, so I, I clearly remember when I was a teenager and reading this book, I thought the stuff with Min was the best. Because she's a dream girl, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> like she's, you know, there's no subtle hints you have to pick up on anything she just walks into your throne room and sits on your lap Mm -hmm. right it sticks her tongue down your throat Mm -hmm. but she's cool she's like a dude that talks about dude stuff and 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 this she doesn't make you feel uncomfortable or like you're gonna say the wrong thing but now that i read it now i'm like oh this is the worst yeah Uh, you know their their interactions were awkward but i still really like men she's still one of my favorites well and the thing is she like teases him and calls him sheep her and everything but she doesn't abuse him she doesn't she doesn't constantly talk to him like he's an idiot or an asshole mm, which right. i feel like a lot of the other women yeah, do she doesn't have that that two rivers disdain <laughs> mineral mule heads and yeah you have to beat them to show them the right way to do things yeah, yeah that's true so attitude maybe yeah. that's why he's like Min's one of the guys because she's actually you know yeah she likes she, him she treats me with basic respect yeah, exactly <laughs> she, she treats me like a human yeah what all right so that's it for this episode. Um, and the season, I guess. Yeah, and this season, because we have finished Lord of Chaos. Next time, we're going to take a little break, as is our want. Um, and then we're going to come back with another season of Muggles with Attitude. We're going to do book four of Harry Potter, which has a name that Alice is going to say now. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Thank you, Alice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan. I'm Michael Sparkman, and I still don't have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> if you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at thedragonreread.com. We love hearing from you. And please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Uh, please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Armadillo Podcasting Club. Uh, your donations are what keep our lights on. That's uh, right. Metaphorically speaking, not literally. <laughs> well, I mean a little bit literally. A little bit literally. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's a light on this, the hosting You server. keep our lights on for about 30 seconds a month. Yeah. <laughs> um, please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. The, the light, light illumine you. you.